Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 34-year-old from Moncton, New Brunswick. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, France, England, Denmark, Wales, Italy, and Scotland. He is an EIHL first team all-star with 43 goals one year, folks. An EIHL Challenge Cup champion and league champion. He had 145 goals in 267 games played. That's quite a few. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, no. And he's a director of hockey operations now. That's a pretty big deal. Welcome to the podcast, Guillaume Doucette. Thanks, Wally. Wow. Nice intro. You Did you take like a little British accent there? No, 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 no. I was no? just going. No. I, okay. why, why is my email coming through? I took the day off today, folks. I am not working. Um, I'm going to go golfing with the kids after this. So thanks for doing this, man. Um, I know yeah, you're a busy welcome. guy. Yeah, yeah. No, but nice. It's nice to nice to chat. Take some time off and chat. Yeah. And it looks like you have a daughter, but we'll get into that now um, with your lovely background there. But is how we know each other, which would be the 2015-16 devil season is where we would have been teammates. But I was basically hurt the whole year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what else do I got here? Uh, Todd Kelman mentioned you were kind of in charge of the bubble there in the in the UK and said you did a very good job. Well, I was in charge of the Panthers. He was actually the big uh... The big boss for the whole bubble, he did a great job. And uh, shout out to Todd for that. Um, I did I did a decent job with my guys, making sure they didn't uh, they didn't do anything stupid. But the, all the pressure and the, the responsibilities were on Todd, that's for sure. Well, I guess uh, I never put that on my uh, on my opening. But uh, you now are a director of hockey operations, and you just won a trophy. Yeah, yeah, we did. That would have been the fourteen bubble, right? That was the fourteen bubble, the five weeks mini series. Um, it was actually a really like I'm I'm really glad we did that for for many reasons, but for my my sake, it was like a, a season and in in, in a two months, I basically got a, an experience of a, a season. You know, we I had to recruit a team, a draft some of the Brits, um, get ready for for a tournament in like two, two three weeks. And, and yeah, we got to play a bunch of games. No, no not really too much thinking. Um, so it was good for, for my job. My perspective was good. And for the boys to get back on the ice, I mean, we saw what GB did uh, in the world champ- last world championship. And I think if we didn't play, uh, I don't think they would have done as well. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely great. That guys got to make a little bit of cash through this year mm-hmm. and got to play some hockey because I know there's tons of guys sitting around wondering if they're still hockey players, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. So um, I did see though. Uh, speaking of that bubble, as you may, you were wheeling and dealing. Hey, eh? you got some, uh, you got some experience in your new gig, but uh, you were wheeling and dealing. You traded up, um, just like the NHL draft. You traded up to take uh, the best tramp stamp in hockey, Ben Bounds. Yes. Eh? yes, that's the main reason I drafted him for for his tattoo. Well, it just brings a team together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Every it just everybody can discuss it and just what was he thinking that day, right? okay um so the other reason we know each other was we also went on a ski trip together which i didn't really ski but we went to morzine france right yeah why did you were you still hurt is that no no yeah it's my knee i couldn't do it i think you just didn't want to ski no oh i like skiing i wish i could have but i might be able to now i haven't tried but uh no i couldn't then that was after the surgery and it just never healed right um, but I did take the red saucer down the uh, mountain. Remember that night? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. How did we survive that? My God. Uh, it was all fun until uh, I didn't. I, I remember you guys all stopped at like one spot and I like was I was feeling good because I could see the bottom and I go flying by in the red saucer like see you boys at the bottom. And I had no idea I was going into the mogul section. <laughs> it was it was if I remember correctly, it was very very icy and you don't really know where you're like if you don't know that slope you don't know where you're going no so, I, I had to hold on to that guy's uh pole on the way down so i didn't fall off the cliff yeah yeah that was that was brave of you to decide to go down i mean you, you had no choice but well it's the only way i could go for dinner with you guys i wasn't yeah. gonna miss it <laughs> but yeah no i've never done anything like that in my life before or after i, I it probably is the craziest thing i've ever done mm-hmm that was a pretty good evening. It's nice. I love that spot in the, in the restaurant right in the middle of the mountain. That was nice. It was awesome, man. And you played there for two years. So I guess we'll get into that too, because you you knew all the locals just like Carl, which was really yeah. cool to go to France and your buddies know people. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, a, yeah. what a trip. It was good. Okay, so that gets us into our first thing is where and what are you doing now? We've kind of discussed it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm the director of hockey for the Panthers now, <clears throat> which is a pretty good gig. I'm very grateful and, and happy to be able to still be in the game. Um, and I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely, it was challenging at first. It's still challenging every day. Um, I think I learn so much every day, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a cool gig and I, I'm, I'm very happy to be in it. Well, pretty much every hockey player in the world, that is basically like what they dream of becoming someday right is running a hockey team and uh, how did that all fall into place how do you go from being my teammate to then running uh um, the nottingham panthers um i i kind of always wanted to stay in the game but i don't you know me i don't really have the personality and the maybe the character to be a head coach i don't think that's my thing uh but i felt like i could bring something to a team and i, I felt like i could um, help a team, especially in this country, because I've been in, in the UK for a while now. So I have a, I thought at the time I had a good knowledge for, for the, the Brits and good knowledge for the league, what it took to maybe be successful. Um, so yeah, I put my name out there a few, you know, every time I spoke to someone uh, in my network, I, I knew that if there was an opportunity for me to stay in the game, I would mention it and, and try to get something. And it came, it came about pretty quickly. Um, there was an opening in Nottingham with the with the coach that was there at the time. Reti- um, yeah, not not keeping the coach, and they wanted to maybe divide 
the work, find someone that would be full-time recruiting and, you know, not coaching and a coach. Uh, so I got, I got approached. I did that interview process and I, and I got the job. Well, it's awesome, man. I'm really proud of you. I think it's incredible. I think you'd be great at it because I know you're a smart little cookie. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you were very well educated, I remember. Um, so that's awesome. You got that. Congratulations. Um, and you, you uh, because I can see your background, um, and it looks like, kind of like a crib over there. Um, yeah. You have a daughter? I do. I have a 16 month old today, actually. Daughter. Six, 16 month, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And where did you have her in in Nottingham? So we live in London now. My wife works in London, uh, and we've been in London for three years now. Uh, so we had her uh, just before lockdown in February 2020. Oh, congratulations, man! That's uh, that's Thank awesome. You. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. aren't we all grown up now, eh? Um, okay. So then we'll get into, uh, your minor hockey. And just cause I like pronouncing some of these hockey teams names, we're going to go through your minor hockey to the Montreal Barassa Angavins or the Ecole Edouard Montpetit Predator wow. or the Kanawaki Condors. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Yeah, Those are some good teams. I've never heard of them. Did you did you do French in high school? I was a uh, French immersion till after grade nine. I uh, they were going to make me take history in French, and I finally convinced my mother to let me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now those, all these French hours are becoming useful, no? Well, I don't. You're you're my second French guy on the show, but you're not really okay. French. I don't really like. So, was your primary language growing up French? Then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when did you learn English so well? Uh, well, my, I'm from the Maritimes, but I moved to Montreal when I was two, right? Um, so my parents are French, both French speaking, but English was always part of our our daily lives, right? Uncles or, or whatever spoke English around me. Um, and I think through hockey, like in where I'm from in the East End of Montreal, you play with a bunch of Italians and, you know, the, the coaching and stuff when I was a kid was always in English. Okay. Um, so it, it became... I became bilingual pretty quick, I would say. But growing up, I was definitely only speaking French. Okay. So uh, what is minor hockey like around there? Um, I know the other uh, French guy I had on, actually, he talked about minor hockey. It was a bit different from that Michel Lavallee I played with in Hellbron, um, okay. where they have like prep schools, right? Where I didn't do that. Uh, yeah, no, no, there's there's not prep school. Not where I'm from. It was mostly um, mostly city, like, you know, minor hockey probably. Uh, like you grew up with just yep. going through play for uh, your city or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and then midget triple a you had to switch and go to to high school with all the all the boys uh, which i did the the, the the couple teams you named there that was midget triple a you move to like you know that's where it becomes serious and your parents have to pay a bit of of money for you to play thanks for thanks for that dad <laughs> and then uh yeah you move you move you go to high school and, and it's actually uh we were shit we were awful we probably won i think we probably played the below 500 both years but it's a really cool experience that was kind of a big deal for me playing with triple yeah and then so you get from there um so i'm assuming the a call edward is the the school so then you go to the yeah. kanawaki condors where's that so that's junior a uh in quebec it's called junior triple a right um so i got drafted after my my Edouard Montpetit year, 
I got drafted in the queue, but I uh, I didn't make the team the first year. I, I got, I think, maybe 10 games. I got called up for 10 games. Uh, so I played junior A as a 17-year-old, um, which I think I was good enough to make the team. But the coach at the time, which is now Team Canada's coach, André Tourigny, um, he thought that it was better for me to go play down, score some goals, get confidence. Um, so I did that. I had a good year and I made the team the year after. So so that's the one thing I was curious about when you say you're just making the, the junior A loop at 17. You didn't go for a scholarship then. You go for, uh, you go, you still play in the queue. Uh, yeah, I, I, I... To be honest, not that education was a big deal for, for me and my parents growing up, but it was not, I think because we're, we're from Quebec and back then there was not a ton of my friends or people I knew that were going NCAA route. And, you know, I grew up with watching the Montreal Rocket and I grew up with the Q being the best, you know, the best league I could go see besides the Habs. It was, it was a big deal for me to play in the Q and um I never really ever either even considered going to play in the States it was I wanted to play in the queue like that was the dream so and were you drafted because you obviously don't make it till later on a late bloomer you could say yeah I I got drafted as a 16 year old um same draft year as Sid I think that's why I didn't make the team Sid <laughs> took all day. no no but um I got I got drafted really late um as a 16 year old midget triple A I didn't I really had a bad second half of the season. I scored probably 80% of my goals before Christmas. So then my, I think I, I kind of fell down in the draft rank. It dra got drafted late. Uh, like I said, I played a handful of games the year after, but I didn't make the team outright as a 17-year-old. As a um, so you played for Ruin Noranda Huskies. Yeah. That's, not, that's not where Crosby played, is it? No, 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 no. 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 Who, where did he play? Rimouski. Right. I, yeah, I don't know the queue at all, to be honest with you. So how was Ruin Noranda? It's a really cool, small hockey place, but, you know, great, great place to play hockey, um, to play junior hockey. It's about a six, seven hour drive from Montreal. So it's quite, quite far up north. But I mean, we had, we had the good team too, all, the whole time I was there. They won the Mem Cup not too long ago for the first time. Um, so it's, it's, they're moving up, like not moving up, but it's, it's definitely a franchise that's success that's has some success. Yeah. And you, I wrote all my notes are you were there for a few years and you had a 24 goal season, but then your last year in the queue, you get traded to the PEI rockets and score mm -hmm. 35. Yeah. That's quite a few, eh? 35 goals in the queue. Yeah, that was, yeah. Good. I mean that back then in the queue, some guys still scored 60 um so these guys these guys usually were were drafted like first round not first rounders but high draft picks in the show um I, for me it was it was you know i was pretty proud of 35 goals in the queue um i did get get to play with joey chef and dad that year so that was oh yeah that was great achievement right there no yeah, oh, joey haddad is uh, a swamp rabbit right now eh <laughs> yes yes <laughs> uh we i gotta have him on i want to have like a cook-off against him while he's on um anyways so you go from there so what are the options out of a, you have a 35 goal season and then you decide to go to canadian university instead of trying pro so what's the decision there um i had a few like offers for either tryouts or maybe coast contract i don't even remember but i never really 
even considered that. Uh, I had made up my mind that I wanted to go to college. Um, that's I think that's when when I went to McGill. That's when like CIS, which is now U Sports, that's when it kind of became like the the good players from the Q and the O. They they considered going there. If you right. if you see now, like you you'll get guys going to UNB or University of Alberta or McGill with with like a hundred point season in the queue. Like you you didn't see that before my time. It was the guys that had good Q careers. They would go to the coast or you know get a, a deal in the A. Um, I was when when it became kind of okay. It became accepted, you know, to go there, play four years, and then go play pro after that. Right. And it, it has improved. I remember like when I went first went to Western Michigan, like you'd play a exhibition game against a Canadian university and it was just a, a beating, like we, you'd just dominate them. And then it really started changing even by the end of my career at Western. I think it was it. They started to improve. And I think it's only continued because isn't there the deal? Like if you don't, if you sign a pro contract, you're some, I think in the OHL, your school package can be gone if you wait over a year or something. Yeah. Yeah. You have a certain amount of time to use your school package. That, that was one thing too. You know, I got, uh, I got a, a nice, a really good degree from McGill all paid for. And, you know, so, so that was a big thing. The Q back then gave, you know, I think they probably give more now than they gave when I played, but it was, it was still enough to, you know, pay for tuition and, pay for a little bit of extra so it was good it was really good what'd you take what'd you take at mcgill i did physical education Hmm. that's what every hockey player would want to take yeah (laughs) i I, at that point i thought maybe i would get into coaching uh but yeah yeah okay so you play four years there and uh i looked at the stats i i don't think they were that crazy of numbers so how do you go from mcgill then this is when you get to the mountains of france you go to morzine yeah um i mean i I, again like that my mind was made up when i started my senior year that i wanted to go play in europe i I didn't even try to get something in the coast like uh, in hindsight i probably should have take a year go in the coast grind it out you know get if i can get some stats there it would have opened up some probably some doors for me at that point i think that was when i played my best maybe uh, but I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't want that. I just wanted to go in Europe and, and experience something different. My plan was to go to France for a year and I'm still here. <laughs> and now you have a daughter. Um, yeah. That, yeah that she's going to have an accent, right? It'll be different than your accent. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it's interesting where all the hockey players end up all over the world. And I guess that's how the podcast gets listened to in 26 countries is because you fellows are all scattered all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, uh, Morzine, though, I saw you only played like 26 games a year, so you must have been doing some skiing. Oh yeah, lots of skiing. That was those were the days where the when the Magnus was only one game a week. Um, we had a you know there was other other cups during the, the the week like on on a Wednesday I think if I remember correctly I don't even remember maybe Tuesday you had League Cup game, uh, but but for most of the year yeah you played on Saturdays at home or on the road and that was it. So Sundays were skiing in the winter. So if you had a bad game, you'd have to wait a whole week to redeem yourself, eh? Yes, yes. And that is a great point. I hated Oof. that. Because back uh, then, back then, you know, my first couple of years pro, like if I wanted to move up and get a contract, you need to produce. So you yeah. have a couple of games where you have nothing, no. And then all of a sudden that's like a month, right? Like you play three games and that's like, it, it almost takes up a month of the season. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus, I, or I didn't get eight points last three games. Like yeah. that's like November. <laughs> 
Uh, and then you get uh, you get a hat trick on the on the Wednesday game. That's not on elite prospects. It's on <laughs> it's on the little tournament statistics at the bottom. Used to drive me nuts. Oh yeah, those. It's, I, I remember when we went to Cardiff. Like they counted all the games together, and I think I was yeah. like fourth in the league in scoring. And then yeah. all of a sudden they separated it all, and I guess all my points were in the Challenge Cup. And then all yeah. of a sudden I'm not in the top five. I'm like, well, that doesn't hurt anymore when you're done retired thanks no but but i i know what you mean because my my year in hall you in the intro there you said i scored 43 but back then i scored 50 but then they split the challenge cup and the league and then you actually got 50 in a season yeah i got 50 that year yeah and now it says 43 yeah that that just isn't right 50 goals in a season's really cool i yeah i never did that um that's wild actually i guess junior b but not in like real hockey you were doing it in pro yeah back, yeah back then yeah yeah Jeez, um, the whole stingrays, you must have just been sniping. Um, so you're in Morzine, you do pretty well. You have like about a point a game for your 26 games. You guys probably aren't that good. I don't think they're a big budget team, right? But what a spot to live, eh? Like, my yeah. goodness, you lived there for two years. I hardly could last a weekend. Yeah, it was no, it was amazing. And after my first year, it was like an easy, an easy call to when they said, do you want to stay? I said, yeah, just give me a little bit more money and I'll stay for sure. It was amazing. We made so many good friends there. Like I still talk to people from Morzine. I try like with the pandemic, I haven't been to Morzine in a while, but usually I try to go once a year. Um, it's a great, great place to live. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. Um, back then, like we were not a big budget, but we were decent. I think I would say we finished middle of the pack, maybe top top five or six on 14, both of my years. Like, you know, we were not, we were comp competitive at least. Um, we made playoffs. We won a couple, maybe a round each year. You know, it was, it was not like, it was great. Seriously, I enjoyed every minute of it. Well, the reason why I, I was so curious when we went there and went skiing there was my last year in Cardiff before that, when I had my good year and, uh, doing the NBA, I had an offer to go to Morzine and it, the decision was stay in Cardiff for my last year of hockey or go live in the Alps and ski. Um, and uh, yeah, I, we decided to stay in Cardiff, but I was always curious what it was like there. Cause my goodness, what a spot that is. Seriously. It's a, it's a beautiful place. Beautiful. Like the best, like nicest place on earth, maybe. Right. Like it's up there. Yeah, I mean, for me, because of my friends and, and the way I know, it's definitely my favorite spot to go ski and favorite spot in the Alps, for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Better stop talking about it. I'm getting all wound <laughs> up. Okay. So after those two years is when you go to the Hall Stingrays, and that is when you really come into your own. And, like, who is setting you up for 50 goals that year? Uh, I played a lot with Carl Lozon, uh, another French guy. Yeah, he's really a little skilled left handed shot centerman yeah i remember yeah. him yeah we when we when we played together in cardiff i think he was in cub um and then i played with maddie davies great playmaker uh jeremy tendler we had we had we had a few guys that really like it just clicked. high end offense eh? yeah yeah and it just clicked and i had a lot of freedom i think i finished a year with i played a bunch of the season with Maddie and and tens and then I finished a year with Lozon and Klutz, Sylvain Klutz, a player coach, was on my line, and we yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, man, you must have really been feeling her to score fifty in that league. Like that's yeah. a lot of lot of goals. Why? Is, yeah. Oh man, my it, my email keeps popping up. I took the day off. You know, 
I don't know. I thought I X'd that. It keeps coming through, but this is a day off for me, Deuce. Enjoy it. I, I am. I'm going to go golfing right after this with the kids. It's going to be a day. I love it. Um, okay. So the whole stingrays, you rip it up. You guys are, you know, the lower budget team in the league, right? So then basically you do that to go elsewhere usually, right? Yeah. Well, I went out to do my MBA, which I did, which is, which was great. I mean, like I had a good season on the ice, but to get my, my degree, I didn't actually do an MBA. Um, I did it an MSC in, in business administration because my, uh, uh, the, the university in Hull is, is quite strict on uh, on uh, admission, and I didn't qualify for the MBA because I didn't have enough working experience. So I did an MSc, but... Uh, What's an MSc? A Master of Science in Business. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm, I mean, I was at the time, I was a bit... I, I wasn't sure if that was the right thing, but looking back, it was a, it was a great degree, and I, I've learned a lot, and I've used it today, so... I didn't realize the whole Stingrays had school package there. I wouldn't have guessed that that team did that, but I knew you went to school there. I knew you were very educated. Um, so that's good that you did that. Like I, I think the opportunities the UK has for hockey players is uh, it's a complete game changer for like guys like us that realistically, we never got a big payday um, and mm -hmm. you're going to be leaving hockey and you're going to need to work right yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I, I, yeah, the school packages over there, just it, they're, they're game changers. And I think any player that gets the offer needs to jump at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a different, it's definitely a different season. You did it, you know, it's a lot of work and you probably don't have the same experience uh, as you would have if you didn't go to school, but it, it's worth the sacrifice. I would say um, every team in the league use the, the, the school package differently. We in Nottingham is, are very, uh, we don't have a ton. So I have to be very um, selective in who I offer the school package to, but it's, it's for sure a great recruiting tool. Yeah, no, I, uh, I know all about your school package and who may or may not be going there, Deuce, but I won't say a word. I'm just a podcaster now. I'm not going to spill the beans about anything, but I know who might be. I mean, I think I got ideas of who might be in yeah, your school yeah. package. Uh, moving on. Um, yeah, so uh, you do go from Hull to the Herle Herlo, I think is how they say it, but it's Herlev Eagles, which that's in like Copenhagen, Denmark, right? Yeah, right in Copenhagen. Yeah, I played against them. Crappy barn, no fans, awful. Absolutely, absolutely. But so you, great, you didn't great have fun there. Right? Yeah, but Copenhagen's uh, awesome, right? Copenhagen is awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm, I met my wife there, so it was, it's always going to be great memories. It was, it was a tough year for me personally. We, we, I don't know. I, it, my, my, my game didn't really fit in Denmark. Um, and I think when they recruited me, they probably expected a different player. Um, you know, I, I learned that now that I'm in on the other side, I'm, I'm the one recruiting, like, I know that you don't, you can't really just look at the resume and think that guy's going to come here and do that. Cause I'm, I, he played with me. I'm, I'm not going to take the puck from behind the net and, and break out on the PP. No, no, I don't want to do that. that but but they, that's they, what they, I want to do. And that's, yeah. I think the plan was for us to play a little bit together and you were going to yeah. be the, the shooter in the slot and it yeah. just never happened. I, yeah. It's, it's like uh, you'd see the guys sign in Europe that had huge years in the coast. And they're all like, this guy's going to come over here and he's going to score 40 here like he did in the coast. And it's like, well, the guy gets over there and he's your stand in front of the net, bad skater on a power play that tips in a lot of goals. And you're like, well, you suck in Europe. 
Yeah. Not, not, not everybody has numbers in the coast are just going to translate directly to Europe. Some guys do have a lot of success. I mean, there's a bunch of examples of guys that should have probably played in the A, but they were not good enough to be a top six player in the A and they come to Europe and they light it up. But there's a bunch of examples of what you just said, you know, 50, 60, 60 points in, in the coast. You think, wow, this guy's going to be good, but. Yeah, it no. doesn't translate. And I, I for, for me, yeah. this is just me being the Joe Rogan, a hockey podcast here is uh, like every league plays differently. The Danish league was tall, skinny guys that were really fast. And um, there wasn't really a lot of like um, give and going and stuff of that nature. And then you get to Germany. They're very systems oriented. They listen to everything their coach says, even if it makes absolutely no sense. And um, then you go to the UK, which it was more North American. It was more like playing in the coast and it does translate more than those other leagues. And I know what you mean by going to Denmark and not translating because I had to adjust to every league I went to based on what the hockey was like. And it was fun to go to the UK at the end of my career because I hadn't played in a league with like fighting and like big hitting and like just the like boys being boys again. And I, I really enjoyed it at the end to get back into mucking it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Your, your description there, I think, is spot on. Um, and, and, and credit to you if you're able to adjust and, and have success in all of these different leagues. I think it's not, it's not a given for everyone. Definitely it was not for me. I was pretty maybe unidimensional when it came to my game, you know. Yeah, I, I, that is one thing I had to do was adjust based off of if I was playing with a shooter. If like if I was playing with you, I would play differently than if I was playing with Joey Martin because like he wants to carry it up the ice. You want to shoot it right around the net and you're going to go top cheese. And yeah, it's just you got to adapt with who you're with. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so anyways, you get out of there and then you get back to the UK and you go to Nottingham, your place now that you work. Um, you were there as a player and scored 16 goals in 23 games to end that year. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good fine. Like, yeah, I was happy that I got a good kind of a good ending to a hard season that year. Um, and, I'm, and that's probably why I'm in this job right now, because I, I went to Nottingham, got to meet people, um, got my name out there. So, so it was, yeah, it was very positive also to, to end up there. Well, yeah, and that's a good organization. Like I, yeah, Nottingham is one of those organizations that it's kind of like Cardiff. Like it's the big, they're the big arena that you guys do have some money um, and you're going to recruit high end players now. And that league has gotten so much better. It's like, I'm thankful I got my MBA when I did, because now I don't think Cardiff's getting a guy out of uh, the Danish league for the NBA anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, 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 the level definitely improved. Um, I think it's, it's still, uh, we still have some work to do in terms of reputation. I, I noticed that a lot. You know, we talked to some guys and they, they just think, why well, I'm, I'm way too young to go to, to the English league. Why would I come to the English league? But it's not what he used to be. I'm trying to, you know, use examples of guys that are still moving up. Just our, our, our friend, Joey Martin, like he played for how many years in Cardiff? Six and he still moved up. Cause he wanted to like, yeah. And he, he could have any time, I assume he just loved yeah. it there. Right. And it, exactly. yeah. Um, actually like when I, yeah, it's like when I went to Europe, I uh, never would have crossed my mind to go to the UK league. I thought I was, I, uh, to be honest, I, what I had heard of the fighting and you see some of the YouTube mm -hmm. clips and you're like, why would I want to play there? And then, uh, and then the league improved. Um, it wasn't just about fighting and now it's, 
it's as good a hockey as anywhere. And that's why they're in the challenge or the, the champions hockey league. And they're competing with all the best teams in Europe because like that league is that good now. And just cause you go to the UK league, you can go to all these other leagues because now it does have a better reputation, right? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's definitely improving. Um, I think the fact that, you know, the, the likes of, Nottingham and Cardiff did so well in the Champions League, like you said, in, in the last few years, Belfast too, a couple of years ago, that helped with their reputation for sure. Um, there's still some, there's still some, some room for improvement. I think, you know, I, I would like to be able to be in a position where guys are asking, you know, what can I do to come play for you instead of me trying to convince somebody from the coast or somebody from whatever league that, you know, this is a good opportunity. You should think about it seriously, um, but it's going to come. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, it's weird. Like with Cardiff of what their reputation is and Nottingham's very similar is like, I have guys reach out to me now just cause they know, I know everybody in Cardiff and like, there's a lot of players that want to go to Cardiff now, like just yeah. based off of what they hear. And then it's reaching out to me. Like, will you ask them this? And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I'm just a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyways, you go from Nottingham with the Panthers for just, you know, part of a season and you were scoring a ton. And I remember Lordo trying to get you and like you and Salters, when he got the two of you, he was so jacked up. It was like, he was just beside himself. And like, when you looked at our team on paper, yeah, that team wasn't, it, yeah. we should have won, but I guess we I never played. Play. Yeah. You didn't play. We, we we had a bad slump at the worst time possible and yeah. I think it was right got, near the end we were up by quite a bit and we and then just all of a sudden just for a few weeks there we went rotten yeah yeah and I don't know definitely that year we should have won we should have won but you know they, they you, you see it in the, NH, in the NHL these days it sometimes it takes a couple tough year a couple kind of hard lessons for for the group to grow and become better. And I think, you know, that's why we won the year after. And that's why they won the year after that. Because yeah. we had a couple, a couple of years where we, too bad for you because you weren't there, but. Well, it's, you know, I, it's great because now I can have a podcast because all you guys did was <laughs> kept winning. So now I can have all these guys on and then my openings are way better because everybody kept winning. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Um, so you stayed there another year after I'm done. So you were there for two years in Cardiff, eh? Yeah. So yeah, why did you end up leaving then after two years? Um, that second year there in Cardiff, I mean, we won. It was it was a great experience. Um, I mean, we had a good team. I just felt selfishly, I felt like I wanted to play more. Um, I got a healthy scratch a, first, a few times that year for the first time in my career. And that was hard to take at, at that point. And I felt like, you know, I don't have a ton of years left in me and I, I want to, yes, I want to win, but I also want to be in a position where I feel like I can contribute to the team's success a bit more. Um, you know, I felt like it was, it was hard for me personally to accept that I was not good enough to play good, not good enough to, to be to, on get, the to get the ice time you think you should get and do what yeah. you've always gotten. I was, when I went to Cardiff, man, I, the, the first couple months there and they, they had me on the third line and like second power play. And it's like, what, this is not how I thought this was going to go, but yeah. I was at the end. And then I, there, I remember there was a game um, that first year where I, I had been sitting on the bench for quite some time and I'm sitting there going, geez, I'm doing my MBA. 
this could be it. Like this could be my last year of hockey and I'm sitting on the bench in the EIHL. And I remember from that day on, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun. If this is it, I'm going to have fun. I don't, I'm going to do spin a Rooney's. I'm going to put it between my legs. I'm going to, I'm going to run people. I'll do, you know, I'm just going to go out there and have fun. And, uh, I changed my attitude was, uh, when everything turned around in Cardiff, um, actually. Um, but it's hard when you're not that old. Like I knew I was done, right. When you want to keep playing for a few years, you can't be healthy scratched in the EIHL. You can't, you got to get out of there if that happens. Yeah. Well that, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, like maybe, maybe I was, my attitude was not the best at that point, you know, now that I'm older and I, I see the other side of things, it's, it's a bit, I see it maybe a bit differently, but yeah, my, my pride definitely took a hit there. Um, it is what it is. I mean, do I regret leaving Cardiff? Not really. I had a good, good time in Milton Keynes, you know, I met different people. Well, uh, so yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely a tough decision, like you said, when you're in, in, in a, at a cross point in your career and you want, you still want to play, but you ha- you kind of have to f- find a way to maybe prove yourself again. Yeah. Oh, it's, so, it, no, it's like when I, uh, like I was one of the top dogs in the second league in Germany for years. And, the, and then all of a sudden, nobody wants you. And you're like, ah, it's a real, you know, yeah. shot of reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so anyways, um, after Cardiff, you go to Milton Keynes Lightning, and uh, you also go with one of the pod's favorite people, Carl Hudson. Yes. Any Carl? Actually, I wanted to bring up because this is two ales and hockey tales. We got to tell a tale today. Mm-hmm. Um, it was you. You you knew the guy that ran the Manchester Storm, which you knew all the guys. You were a very good networker. You everybody. You were friends with everybody, and I was like, "How does he know this coach? And how does he know that GM?" And we were standing. Um, at the uh, Manchester Arena, and you told their GM what what I was doing there, right? <laughs> Do you remember that? No. I no. was doing my uh, Viking pregame speech, and um, I I remember I hid in the really? bathroom, and uh, you were telling their GM like after the game, like you should have seen what this guy did before <laughs> the game. <laughs> I just remember their GM hearing like what I did, and he was just floored. He's like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Now I remember. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a story to tell. You can't keep that secret. Well, yeah. So folks, this is what I did. Um, It was the last weekend of the season and we had to win both games and we needed Sheffield to lose a game or Nottingham or somebody. And uh, we need both of them to lose or something. I forget what needed to happen. We need to win both games. So I took the fan bus all the way to Manchester dressed as a Viking covered in dirt um, with an ax and a shield and a sword and I sat in the bathroom with the door locked and drank a beer. Then I ran out of beer because somebody broke the glass during warmups. And I sat there naked on the toilet for had to have been over an hour. I sat there covered in dirt, decent rubbed on me. And I ha- my beer was gone after the first 10, 15 minutes because I didn't think I'd be in there so long. And then I literally sat there naked in, in the toilet in Manchester in one of the worst arenas around. Well, it's great arena. Who am I kidding? But then like you guys go back out for a second warm-up when they fix the glass Dees opens the door he's like man are you okay I'm like oh, I really am like second guessing why I'm here and what I'm doing with my life but then I did do the pregame speech and uh, you guys did win that game so I guess it was all worth it right did you did you not scare somebody really hard when he came out 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I broke the axe in half, and I got in Richie's face, right? And I, uh, I, 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 I smashed the axe in half on the floor, and I was covered in dirt and screaming like a Viking. And I got in Richie's face pretty, pretty hard there. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Strange year, strange times. <laughs> um, but you were still a hockey player, so you go to Milton Keynes and you do well, and you play with Carl. So how's that year? It was good. I mean, Milton Keynes, I, I, it's too bad they're not around anymore. I think it was a good place to play, especially, you know, location-wise, so close to London. Um, we had we had a really good start. We, we had a good a good team. Um, ran into injury troubles, like the kind of team at that point where we didn't have much depth and a couple D go down. One, one of our D left uh, to go back home. Like it, it was just, we never really recovered and, and we end up losing a bunch of games in a row around Christmas time, I think. And yeah, we, it, was, it, was too, it was disappointing the way that season finished, but I enjoyed my time in Milton, Milton Keynes. Great place to play. Um, good fans. The fan base there is amazing. They should, they should have an elite league team for sure. So, yeah, they were only in the league for like a year or two, right? And two, were- I think two, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I never played against them or know the rink or anything, so it's hard for me to really. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We've gone through a lot today, and I have for, I forgot to mention my sponsors, which um, because you're making me do this so early, I have not had a Bayfield Brewing Company beer yet, but this will be a navigating lieutenant, folks. And um, also, stay in blue.ca now that the lockdown's ending, Deuce. If you need, if you ever end up in uh, Canada with your Danish wife, your English baby, and you as a French Canadian, if you guys ever make it back in the Collingwood uh, Blue Mountain area, if you go to stayinblue.ca, put in Wally 20 on a minimum three-night stay, you get 20% off, folks. So I don't know why you'd pay full price to go golfing or go on bachelor parties. Just use Wally 20 and uh, 20% off. That's stayinblue.ca, folks. So there you go, Deuce. That's my sponsorship reads for the fifth episode in seven days and i'm sure bayfield didn't know who they were sponsoring and that i might end up doing five and seven days just to try and be number one so sorry for the amount of beers i put back last week folks but you gotta have be competitive right deuce you do you do you're doing a great job Wally. well you know you gotta flood the market if uh you know chicklets puts out one and they have the same amount of listeners as i have in five episodes you know we'll see what happens i did the best i could you know i'll be able to sleep this week either way folks and i might take a break now (laughs) okay so you were in milton Keynes. you have a pretty good year do you have any carl hudson stories like a funny one just just do you got one on the top of your head or no we can move on if not Uh, the, the, the funny carl stories are mostly from cardiff i think you know, yeah. well, was he was he really acting like Carl and Milton Keynes or was he trying to be like a real pro? Uh, Carl, the real Carl came out a few times for sure. Perfect. Um, Ali, Ali, his wife did not get pregnant until like the last weekend of the season, I think. So he was he was pretty much the old Carl until the last weekend of the season. Now um, he's a dad. eh? Yeah, now he's a two time dad like you. Oh yeah, everybody's um, lives are changing. Yeah, but no, uh, Milton Keynes Carl story, nothing jumps out. Okay, you never know what stories are gonna be told. You know, you never know. Mm-hmm. You gotta ask. Um, so you're in Milton Keynes. Um, so then I didn't look at the points. Did you have a good year? Uh, yeah, decent, decent. I mean, 
good enough to, to find another job, good enough to keep playing. Um, I mean, we, we, as a team, we didn't do so well. So that was, that was hard, but yeah, I, I think I had a good, decent season. Okay. Um, so then actually, this is one I want to ask about then as you go from Milton Keynes to the Milano Rosal Blue. Um, so you go and live in Milan, Italy. Yeah. With my, with one of my best friends, we, we went together as a, as a package deal. One of my, one of my buddies that I played with McGill, Francis Veropol, I played with in, in Milton Keynes too. What was his um, name? Veropol, his last name. I don't know him. Um, yeah, I played at McGill and then I, I, I brought him to Milton Keynes. This, he's, he did his MBA there. And then the year after, um, out of the blue, this agent says, hey, are you, are you open to go to Milano? And I said, yeah, if you take my buddy, I'll go for sure. And my wife was working super busy with work in London. And I said, yeah, I don't know how many chances I'm going to get to go play in Italy. So I jumped on it. It was a crazy time. Um, we had an awful team. And they, they came to us at uh, Christmas, December 1st, I think, we get a phone call from the coach. And we knew times were tough and you knew, you know, we didn't, we we're not winning. We knew something was, was happening. We heard maybe they're going to have to release one of the importees, you know, try to make some room there and find somebody else. But we just get a phone call and they say, hey, we ran out of money. We're going to release all the imports. See ya. So we're all, all of a sudden, December 1st, they all said, you can't, you, we can't keep you unless you want to play for free. So <laughs> that didn't end, didn't end as expected. My parents, my sister had booked uh, Christmas holidays in, in Italy. Everybody, everything was booked, the Airbnb. All of a sudden, I'm not in Italy anymore. But part of the part of the game it is part of the game but like that sucks and like when you go to europe and you hear some of the stories of teams just going bankrupt and uh you know it's it's hard because you hear about living in milan you want to live in milan but then realistically i have never heard good things about a hockey organization in milan no no you know what i think they were they were a good team at some points maybe early 2000 i think they were doing decent and the year we went there was the first year they moved up to the Alps League. And I think they had good intention, good plans. What happened, I mean, I, we'll never know if that was the whole truth. But what happened was in August when we show up, the ice is awful. Like like puddles and holes and like rust coming out of under, under like it was you, you barely could skate and practice on that ice. So it took a while. We used to, we, we had to go practice somewhere else for the first couple of weeks of camp. And then we came back and what they did was they put, you know, when, when you go in a mall and, and, and there's a skating rink in a mall indoors, they put that system on top of the ice. So they had to raise the boards a couple inches and and they put that system on top of the normal ice. And then whatever they, they, you need big generators and big machines to make this run. Like they build it that was outside in the parking lot and they built like a temporary roof temporary box over the the plant and they just froze on top of the plant basically but that cost crazy money and it cost it was 40 degrees in Milan in August September even October is still warm so it probably cost so much money to keep running so no idea how they ran out of body eh (laughs) December they were like "We're, we're done and the ice was even with that, the ice was crap anyways. Anyways, but yeah. So what was the lifestyle though before that, like outside of hockey, what was it like living in Milan? Yeah, it was, Milan is amazing. Um, we, we lived a little bit outside of town. That, that was a bit, just a bit too far to really 
kind of be in town and enjoy it. But the rink was quite quite downtown. So you're uh, have, you're having to drive to get to downtown. You're not biking or walking. No, no. But but still, like the, the metro system and the bus system is is good. It's a big city, right? So you could get to wherever you want to go on a, on a day off or after practice if you want to. But you know, just wow, we 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 ate so well and. The restaurants and the terrace, the patio to get a coffee or beer, or a drink are amazing. Um, you know, the, the Alps League is is probably getting better, but back then it was, especially in Milano, it was not that serious. You know, we could still enjoy life, and uh, so yeah, it was, Milano is is special. That, that that league seems like a cool one, the Alps League, where yeah. it's literally yeah. a bunch of great cities that, and I don't know what the hockey's like. It doesn't seem like it's that hard so um no, no, yeah it's getting better but yeah well it sucks when your team's not good though like it's hard it's like food doesn't taste as good everything's not as fun when you're losing like it doesn't matter if you're living in milan it doesn't matter if you're living in milton Keynes, wherever you are when you lose it sucks yeah but when you're in it you probably would say the same thing like when you're in it you don't i never thought we were going to be dead last like you have a couple bad games you start slow. You're like, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll pick it up here. We'll be okay. We'll we'll win five in a row. We'll be back in the middle of the pack. But it just never happens. And after a while, you realize, okay, well, maybe we're not that good. But once when you're in it, I never thought like, okay, well, this is awful. We're gonna finish that last. I never thought. Yeah. That. Uh, for me, the times I went through, it was like I went to Beatingheim and we were great. And then the budget goes down, and we're basically signing a team knowing we're not gonna be good. But then, like, you try to mentally prepare to not be good. But then, like, for us hockey players, your pride and everything about it, it's like, well, I was the first-line player last year and we are good. I'm the first-line player this year. So, like, it, it's you feel like it's on you, right? And it, it's yeah. it's it's taxing mentally. It was for me. Any any time my teams were losing, it was definitely the downest I've ever been in my life. And I oh, realize that now being out of the game, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. You're, told, you're right. It takes a toll. It takes a toll on you mentally, for sure. Um, okay, so then you do. Uh, you're playing there. They go uh, bankrupt, but you do end up getting a job, and you go yeah. to the Glasgow clan, or were they the Brayhead clan then? They were the Glasgow clan. The, the, the clan. The first year of the clan. Yeah. No, that uh, that arena, that city, like when we would go play there with Cardiff, I was like, wow, what a setup these guys got. Like, that's a, that's a great place to play hockey too, isn't it? No, it was nice. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I got welcomed there like with open arms and we we went on a winning streak when I showed up. So it was it was fun. Um, I, I It was the same coach. It was Pete Russell that coached me in, in Milton Keynes the year before that was there. So I was very familiar with the coaching. Um, I didn't know anybody personally on the, on the team, but, you know, I, I played against a bunch of these guys over the years. So it was an easy, really easy transition for sure. Um, so then you do that year um, and you do well. I saw you were like a point a game. Um, so how do you go from getting a point a game and uh, to, to deciding to shut it down? Uh, it was just too good of a, an opportunity to pass up. Um, so, so you were putting your name in and you're like, well, if I don't get it, I'll play again. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I got the job pretty early. I, I, I don't remember correctly, but I probably got the job in April. I uh, started working on, on in, in the role I'm at in May. So, I mean, at that point in April, it was still early. If, if that didn't work out for some reason, I would have tried to get something else maybe in the, in the league. 
whatever it, it might have been. But if not, I could have I could have played. I thought I was I had a decent season, like you said. I could have probably played the year after for sure. Oh, you could have played more than that. You could yeah. still be playing. Look at you. Jeez. Yeah. You don't even yeah. have the dad bod yet, eh? No, I, more more than you think. More than you think. No, nah, maybe I just can't tell. But you you look great. Um, Thank you. Thank yeah, you. yeah. No, once your kids are like eight and six you really settle into the dad bod it's uh it's weird i feel like more of a dad every day where it's like you're just so daddish Ugh, it's <laughs> it's fun to come out here and get to be wally for an hour or two every other day or you know what folks if this doesn't work and i'm not number one this week doing five and seven days i will be able to sleep because i've done everything i could this week but <laughs> realistically if i got to put out 14 in seven days i'm gonna get to number one i don't care what i gotta do everybody go fuck themselves <laughs> right deuce <laughs> i don't have issues to. right i don't have any no, competitive no, issues no, at no. all no 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 do what you gotta do do what you gotta do. <laughs> exactly and uh you know what this makes me so happy getting to catch up with you and see where your life's taking you and what you're doing is it's awesome man and like it, I, I miss my buddies. I miss talking to you guys. And like yeah. for you, you're a very lucky guy. You're still in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I realized that now, not only talking to you, but just talking to other of my buddies that are retiring and leaving Europe and, and going back home. It's, and, and, you know, it goes back to your question there. Why did I jump on? Why did I not play anymore? Because I knew like it, it's, it still hurts. You're going to say the same thing. It still hurts not to play. I miss it every day. I go to the rink. I went to the rink every day for this mini series, and it was so hard not to play. I mean, I want to be out there and skate. And, and you still could. I can't. Um, you could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could. I, I was out there every morning, skate every time I could. Every time there was an optional practice, I'm on there. Just because <laughs> I miss it. But I mean, that's why. I, yeah, that's why I took this job because I, I get to still be part of the game. I still get to watch hockey, be around hockey, talk to guys. You know, it's it's the best job in the world for sure. Yeah, and uh, it's just funny because I just thought of this in the UK league. There's player coaches. I've heard of GM players, but I've never heard of a director of hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe you could be the first whatever. Maybe at some point Nottingham will need you to, to lace them up for like the last game of the year just so we could say we did, we could pot about it, okay? <laughs> I, think, I think this ship has sailed, but maybe maybe my first season this in this role, if, if we would have run into really bad injury troubles. Maybe. Oh, man, that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if the guys aren't setting you up in the slot, you're like, you're on a plane home tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I didn't want to. That's why I don't want to go down that route. It would be so weird. I mean, I'm I'm out of shape. I couldn't really do it anymore. But secondly, it'd be it'd be really weird. <laughs> well, it's like uh, I I just being a player coach. I for me, I don't know how you'd do it because everything you'd preach, you would have to do on the ice, and it's like you know sometimes a right winger gets back it's just you know it's not as fast back as maybe the centerman gets back right no no i get it that's that's a tough gig that you know my coach now he, he did it in, in milton Keynes for a year and then when i when i hired him and i told him you're not going to play it took for him too it was a big decision like okay that's it i'm done i'm, I'm retired for sure i told him like you never know. Maybe you'll get in a game if we have injury trouble. But my my goal was always not to have a player coach in Nottingham. I mean, you probably would agree that the game has evolved and it's not. It's you not. Don't, you don't right. have time for that shit. No, no, and it's not the right thing for the team. Uh, 
optics wise, I mean, you know, I'm trying to recruit a guy and say, this is a great place to play. Oh, who's your coach? Well, he's also your, your left winger. Like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially like for me and you, and then the coach is a right winger and you're like, Oh, well, I guess we'll be on the third line. <laughs> See a <you>, Lordo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. No, I remember. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. He was a right winger. <laughs> a yeah. yeah. lot of ice time there, Lordo. Way to go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, but I'm really proud of you, man. And I think you're, it's the perfect role for you. Uh, you're a people person, you built relationships with like everybody around the league. You knew the ins and outs of every team. And I, and I was thinking, I'm like, how does this guy know so much about all these teams and how does he know him and how does he know him? But man, it, it, you, you are, you fell into exactly what you should be doing in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. But yeah, over the years, I, I, I got to, I think I am interested. I was interested at that time too, but over the years I got to meet people and know people. And I, uh, I, you I got, seem I got like the type people. of guy I'd want to play for. So thanks. thanks. Yeah. So next, no. time, next time your, your friends call about card, if you send them my way. Oh dear. Jeez. Well, I was supposed to own 2.3% of the devils and they took that away from me. So we'll see what Nottingham offers to uh, just a podcaster here, but <laughs> let me tell you, I am in contact with a lot of people. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll send you a proposal. Um, but no, like when you see like how Todd runs a team as a player and then now you're, you're doing it. I, I assume you probably learned a few things from him like I did, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. I still talk to Todd, you know, quite regularly. Um, he helped me early on. He, yeah, for sure. I know, I know that I knew that when I took the job, there was some things that um, Cardiff did well that I wanted to to do the same, you know, do the, the same way in Nottingham for sure. Yeah, no, and uh, I've heard you guys are doing well. So your coach there, is, is he not a Wally too? He is a Wally too. Yeah, because when I, 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 you know, sometimes you got to look on your phone here to figure out what my vision is coming up. And I went through all these old messages and that guy actually wrote to me. This is the message I had. He was asking me about going to the UK and doing an MBA and, um, then I didn't look at Facebook Messenger ever. Um, and then I like wrote to him like three months later saying like, oh, sorry, dude, I didn't see this. Um, and he's like, yeah, all good. I've signed to go. I think it was Sheffield. I think he went to and did his school there, right? He didn't. I don't think he did his school, but he went to Sheffield, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I, he was asking me about the league and everything. And it's <laughs> funny how all these players, like, it's just like this, like, hockey players all help each other. And if you <laughs> ask a guy a question, they're going to tell you what it's like. And uh I think it's great for teams like you and Cardiff that like you don't need to hide about anything. Like I bet you there's some teams when they heard I was doing a podcast like, oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, dear. I don't want them talking about us. But like when you got no dirty laundry, then everybody can say whatever they want. Right. No, that's the the thing we're trying. We try to be, you know, I try to be straightforward with guys. And this is how it works here. I'm I'm trying to be honest and transparent. Um, I'm trying to be honest and and. I, I mean, I deal with guys and, and contract negotiation the way I would like to, if I was a player, I would like my, my GM and my, or my director of hockey to, to deal with my contract. Um, it's, you know, some, sometimes it's tough. I think the hardest thing for me is dealing with guys, you know, you have a relationship with that's definitely harder. It's trickier. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely learning and, and getting better with that. It's, it's now my third time recruiting um so that you know experience helps for sure um well i was just curious uh, so w- 
are you doing it like Todd does where guys are signed and you don't tell anybody and then you release the like one a week just to get all the juices flowing each week? Is that what you're doing? Um, yes and no. It depends. Um, I think Cardiff is very, very secretive with everything. Maybe we're not as, as secretive, but obviously there's some there, you know, there's some there's a time and place to, to make announcement, I think. Um, and and no- I'm not going to do it for you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just whenever you guys are ready to announce it, I'll, I'll be here waiting. <laughs> you want a contract, Wally? No, I just know some things that some people might not, you know, and you're saying, you're saying you're not secretive. I, well, I, I feel secretive. I haven't no, got it off my chest yet. <laughs> I, I, th- I think what you're talking about has been announced. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Unless, unless you're talking about something else. I don't know. I don't keep track of, I don't think I follow the Nottingham Panthers. Maybe I should, but uh, what, yeah. what did you guys announce? Well, a couple of weeks ago, we announced Jeremy Welsh. Oh, that- did you? Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe it was still a big secret, but yeah. Uh-huh. When, when, okay. So it is out there. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Because um, yeah, he was, he was, was a potter, right? So he was on yes. the pod and uh, he actually got me hooked up with my sponsor, the Bayfield Brewing Company. So nice. cheers to you, Jeremy Welsh. And thank you very much. You, you made uh, little boy's dreams come true of drinking beers in a shed for free. Uh, so, so when, when you guys recorded, it was not announced. So he, he right. asked me, he asked me, could I, could I tell it on Wally's podcast? And I said, Oh, <laughs> I, I, I would love Wally to get a, um, to get a, <laughs> a <scoop>. sound bite, <laughs> get a scoop. But if, if, if you get a scoop without before our fans, uh, before my, 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 my social media team puts it on, on online. I, I don't think that would be fair. Yeah, no, I, I totally, and I, I respect all of that. I, w- I, that's completely your business and your brand. I s- tried to stay out of it. I didn't keep track yeah. of it if you announced it. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you did, but man, that kid can play. I don't know if you see him play, but like you got a good one there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy. We, we, he played with the other wall. He played with my coach in Charlotte, I think. Yeah. A long time ago, but you know, we had our, our eye on Jeremy for the last few seasons and, and then work out for, for some reason also for the pan because of the pandemic, but now it's actually time and, and he's, he's excited. He was, you know, he was all in, he, he really wants to come and that's always nice. I don't mind trying to convince guy and, and, and make them understand that Nottingham is a good place to say when play when, but when you get someone that, you know, wants to come and is hungry to play and that's, that's always good. Oh, a, a thousand percent. It's like, same as a player when, when say it's you calling, when you really want someone, you can feel it. You can tell talking to them on the phone that like they really want you as a player. They've seen you play. They know what you can do. And then there's guys that call you and you can just tell that they don't really give a shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, man, he'll be a player in that league. He'll uh, he's going to score you guys some goals next year. So um, that's a good signing. Well done. And uh, that's, I don't know, they call it like a chicklets bump. What are we going to call um, like my podcast bump thing? Is that like a thing? All these active players coming on, man. I'm still in the game, baby. Still in the game. Yeah, just like you. We're both still in the game. <laughs> you, you just get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time on it. Maybe maybe too much, but hey. Hey, man, it, it, when I saw you hold that trophy and like what it must be like to go through to learn the ropes and to to be so fresh and new at it, it's like, 
it's like my job in the real world. Like when I started, I really didn't know anything. And it took a long, it takes a long time to learn something new. And um, then once you do learn it and you know what you're doing and you have confidence, it's just, it's way easier. But I'm sure like there were some days you were like, geez, am I doing this right? Absolutely. You know, we had a tough stretch in October of my first season. And, you know, I was wondering what the hell am I like, did I get this wrong, completely wrong? You, you start to doubt yourself for sure. Um, but it sounds cliche, but if you, if you really trust the process and you stick to it, you know, results are not maybe going to come your way every single time, but at, at, at some point, you know, performance will, will, will start to bring results in. So definitely still got some, some learning to do, but I feel more confident in, in my abilities and, and the way we structure and we, we, we prepare is definitely improved. I would say over the last 18 well, months. It sounds like, you know, what you're doing and you got the vision it's kind of like my vision with this, like it changes weekly what I want to do, but <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get away from the card of devils for a while. Cause it's been pretty hot and heavy here for these five and seven days. Uh, maybe I'll need to get on some more Panthers now that we're yeah. talking 2.3% since the devils wouldn't do it, you know? Yeah. Dan, um, you know, I can, I, you know, if, uh, if you guys need players, I'm in contact with them and uh, I know you guys do have a good setup there and I know they'd be in good hands playing for you. Um, sorry, Cardiff. I know that I love you guys, um, but there's only so many jobs in Cardiff. Players mm-hmm. need to play, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, hook me up. We'll, we'll make, we'll, we'll, we'll make a deal. Okay. Well, just, I, I know which guys are the good guys and which guys are the bad guys. And I try to have on the good guys on the podcast and uh, you, sir, were one of them. So thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. Seriously. It was a blast. Man, and uh, I like I said, I'm very proud of you. And one thing I think of when I talk to you is uh, at the start of the pandemic, taking the picture with my kids. Colby was wearing or holding up a German flag. Zoe's got a Welsh flag. I got a Canada flag. Lisa's got the American flag. And we took that picture of where we we're all born. And then I see, I talked to you, right? You got one kid now, which was born in England, right? Yeah. And then you're French Canadian, your wife's Danish. And it just, it, you know, we all live very interesting lives, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Completely never expected this to happen, but we're, we're, uh, we're now a family here in England. Um, unique, it's just, it's definitely unique situation, but, you know, love it. So are you gonna, is she gonna learn French and Danish or what, what are, or is she gonna have a British accent? Like what, what are we yeah, doing here? I think we, there, it's gonna be tough for us to get away from the British accent, even if it's gonna sound weird. Uh, but I, I speak to her, try to speak to her only in French. Um, Stina speaks to her only in Danish. Is that right? Yeah, and she goes to nursery in English. So she surprisingly understands, you know, a lot in, in three languages right now. She picks, picks and chooses the words she used Usually right now she uses the easy word uh, and, and whatever language is, is the easiest, but uh, we'll see how that goes in the next few years. But yeah, we're trying. That's awesome, man. I think that's yeah. awesome for her life. And when I'd go to Europe and I'd see all the people that could speak like, say four or five languages and you're like, how the hell does that even happen? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. happens by doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're trying. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, you got anything for me before we shut her down? I think we could, you cover, you did a good job doing your homeworks there. You covered a lot. Um, oh, buddy. I'm, I'm seasoned now. I'm almost at yeah. 50 episodes, man. But if you do five in a week, then you, they add up pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Just, no, I think, I think you covered pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you, uh, 
you invited me. It was a blast. So thanks for that. Well, dude, and it's like the guys that are still in the game, like I, we can have repeat potters. Um, you're going to be building teams. You're going to be signing players. And uh, if you need to bounce any ideas off me, I'm here. Um, if you want to talk players, I'm here, but you got to come on the podcast and I get to hit record and then we yeah, can talk about fine. whatever you want. Yeah, deal. I agree. That's fine with me. Um, Cause now folks, now I got it in with the Nottingham Panthers. I got the devils um, Sheffield. They've been blowing me off. I'm not sure why. I don't know why they won't talk to me, David. <laughs> Just thought maybe you'd want to come on and talk hockey, but I guess not. <laughs> uh, and that has been another episode of two ales and hockey tales with Deuce and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Goldbands. I'm like Pete Southbound Zanzan. I'm always sticking my mind.